0: Hi, I'm Mallory, and today's key passage is from Ephesians 1, 3 through 10. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, just as He chose us in Christ before the foundation of the world to be holy and blameless before Him in love. He destined us for adoption as His children through Jesus Christ, according to the good pleasure of His will, To the praise of his glorious grace that he freely bestowed on us in the beloved in him we have redemption through his blood the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace that he lavished on us with all wisdom and insight he has made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure that he set forth in christ as a plan for the fullness of time to gather up all things in him Things in heaven and things on earth.
1: Hello. <laughs> yes. Okay. God has a plan. Mm, that yep. Yeah, okay. God does have a plan, maybe question mark. We've all heard that before. Um Sometimes it doesn't feel very helpful. Maybe it's cliché or trite or just somebody says that to you to try to comfort you and it just it doesn't hit. And but but yet we say it or we think it and it's unhelpful. See the plan is a little bit different than what somebody might tell you it is. You know, you're going through some horrible moment and somebody says, "Well, God has a plan." kind of like, um, yeah, I'm not sure that's really going to get me out of where I'm at right now. So we have to look at the plan a little bit differently, and that's what we're going to do today. Before we start, I'd like for us to pray. Father God, I pray that the uh, words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart will be pleasing in your sight, and they'll be helpful to those who hear them that we'll be able to take action so that we can better live in the way of Jesus. It's in your name I pray. Amen. Well, my, na- my name is Andrew, and I have a son that moved to Adamstown from here in Reading. He was living with us, moved into an apartment down in Adamstown, and we were helping him last weekend. And I was kind of done with the the stuff that I could do, and so I wanted to make myself feel useful. So I was like, I know, I'll go get coffee, because that's what I like to do. Um, and in Adamstown, there's, there's one of those, uh, close by, there's like a Dunkin' Donuts, like down the road. And that's not my favorite black coffee. That's all I drink is black coffee, pretty much. It's not my favorite black coffee to get like in person. So I was like, you know what, I'll just go down to Ephrada, which is not too far away. And there's a Starbucks down there, it's a little bit better than Dunkin' Donuts, and like I said, I wasn't being super useful around the apartment at that point, because we had like moved all the stuff in, and yeah, anyway. So I went down uh, I went down to Ephrata, which is maybe, for people that don't live in the area, I don't know, less than 10 miles, but I hadn't been to Ephrata in a while, and on the main drag, there's like massive amounts of construction going on, and I really don't, you know, I lived in Austin for years and years, and we always had something happening down there, and there was always major traffic. And so now I have like a a mile-and-a-half commute, and I don't even know what that's like anymore. So I get down there, and I'm going, oh, this might have not been a great idea. Driving through, and you know how when people are kind of, it's a Saturday morning, you know, 10 o'clock-ish, and folks are like, block in the box. You know what I mean by that? So you pull out into the intersection because you think you're going to get through that light, and you really kind of know you're not going to get through that light, but you're not worried about the people that are trying to turn right into that lane or cross over. And so some people were cooperating with this traffic plan that they had going, and some people weren't. And I try to do my best. You know, It's frustrating. I don't like sitting in that stuff, especially when I want to get my coffee. However, These guys that put this plan together, these guys and gals, these engineers that put this plan together, they're really doing it for this long-term benefit for us or for the people that live in in and around Ephrata. They don't do it to ruin our lives. They don't do it to make our lives worse. They do it so eventually we'll be able to get where we want to go. So the next time, probably not the next time, but like maybe in a year from now when I go from my son's apartment to to get to get Starbucks, then I'll be able to do it easily but these engineers have this plan for how they want this thing to go and it should benefit the people that live in that area the people that take that exit kind of that's a fairly major interchange right off of there to get either south or north or east or west they think through that stuff they don't necessarily consult with us and say okay well this is this is we're going to ask Adam Henry what he thinks about how we should do these uh these different uh Sorry, I didn't mean to just, I just called you out, but uh, anyways, he's in person today if anybody needs to find him. Um, But they don't consult with us on this stuff. They may talk to some county board of advisors and things like that, but they don't really need our advice. The plan is not always perfect. When I was leaving Starbucks with my three drinks, one for me, one for Carmen, one for Cole. I'm, I need to take a left to get back onto the major thoroughfare. And there's all this traffic coming across. I'm going this way. The traffic is coming this way. And for us who need to turn left and get onto the on-ramp, there's, all I have is a stop sign. They don't have anything. So I have to rely on the kindness of strangers, which sometimes that works out pretty well and sometimes it doesn't but I'm kind of in my line in the line there's about 3 or 4 cars in front of me and I notice the first car somebody lets them in and then the next car somebody lets them in I was like okay this might work out I get up there and somebody let me in and so when we cooperate with that plan with their traffic plan even though they didn't really think through all the contingencies as these engineers probably could have thought well wait, maybe we should put a stop sign there so or a yield sign or something so people get kind of get back where they need to go, even though it wasn't perfect, it still worked out pretty well. And so when we're sitting there fuming in traffic, metaphorically or in real life, we can consider that, hey, there's a long view at play here. There's something bigger that's happening that's going to give us an opportunity to have a better life or have a better traffic flow. So like those engineers... God doesn't need our advice or our consent. We can armchair quarterback this all we want. We go, well, I wish they would have done this, or they should have thought about that, or they need to put a cop there so people will quit blocking the intersection so I can turn right or whatever. But if we begin to cooperate with the plan, even though we don't fully understand it, then we get to be a part of something that's bigger than us, and we get to help it move itself along. Because if we all just kind of crash our cars in, and we just decide we're not going to use that space anymore, or we're not going to we're not going to stop off at those businesses just because there's a little bit of traffic congestion, then we are kind of not necessarily thwarting that plan, but we're not going with what's the the full intention of what was supposed to happen and how we are supposed to be a part of this bigger operation see it involves us this traffic plan but it doesn't revolve around us so the engineers that designed this didn't know i was going to show up at starbucks on a saturday morning last weekend but they did know that other people were going to want to do that and that other people were going to want to go to i think there's a giant over there i don't know what else is in the place because it was all just cars and traffic cones and stuff like that that day but it involves us, but it doesn't revolve around us. And and when we think about the scripture, we think about what Mallory read a couple of minutes ago, when we think about scriptures like that, oftentimes we think, well, it revolves around us. It's for us. And I and I told us last I told you guys last week, we want to read this book, this letter, as if it's written for us, but I don't want us to misconstrue that as it's written to revolve around us. It's written about Jesus, and we get to be involved in this bigger story. And here's what I mean by that. I want to sh- put this passage of scripture up. This is what Mallory read earlier. And a lot of times, what we do, we see us in here. See the little blue, or if you're looking on, if you're online, it's down here. I just tend to look my right. I'm not sure why. Um, and then, but if we look at the green. On there, that we see that so much more of it is about God and about Christ. We can flip to that next one, Max. Same thing here. We're not mentioned at all in there. Well, we are. It says us down there. I I missed one. But if we think about the scripture in a new way, if we have to, sometimes we have to retrain ourselves. Because we are, we're humans. We think a lot about ourselves, right? Um... At some point, we have to realize that most, most people aren't really thinking about us, right? We think about ourselves a lot, but we often kind get of get embarrassed or think, what are people thinking about me? And the truth is, most of the time, people aren't thinking about you at all, right? But Jesus is thinking about you. God had a plan for you. But that plan, that overarching plan, that big traffic plan, it wasn't specifically meant to center around who you are. It's meant to center around Jesus Christ. That was the plan. That was the plan all along, is that God would use him to redeem us, to save us, to give us this life that's full and abundant and joyful. The plan was always about Jesus. So if we begin to train ourselves to not just look at, well, what's the Bible saying to me? What is this scripture saying to me? But what does it say about Jesus? And if it says this about Jesus, then part of the theme of Ephesians is this in Christ. If it says this about Jesus, then that helps. That applies to my life as well. Because there's a lot more to unpack in that statement than we're going to have time for today, so maybe that's a good Opportunity to circle up and have a coffee and tea afterwards. But if we are in Christ and we understand that this plan is bigger than us, then we know that all these good things that are said in here apply to us, but they also apply to everybody else who is in Christ. So what, what is this plan? I mentioned that it's always been about Christ fulfilling this plan but what is the plan? It comes down into this verse 10 of Ephesians 1. It says, as a plan for the fullness of time, to gather up all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. Everything, the fullness, to gather things in, to enfold things, to encompass. Some versions say it sums everything up in this involvement of Jesus Christ. Even one translation says the recapitulation. That's a big, long word that just really kind of means sums everything up. It says, so God is bringing everything back to where it belongs, setting everything right. Think about that traffic pattern in Ephrata. I don't know what Ephrata was like 10 years ago, but I bet, well, I don't know. Yeah, I have no idea what it was like 10 years ago. I didn't live here 10 years ago. But whoever decided to do that traffic plan had had good thoughts and good intentions for what they're trying to do and so once they get rid of all the cones and have all the lights set up and have all the turn lanes set situated in the proper way, it's going to be really nice it's going to be a beautiful well beautiful is kind of a weird word to use for traffic but it's going it, it's going to be a lot nicer than it is, and it's going to be a lot nicer than it was because I, I imagine that as Ea has grown, the traffic has gotten more and more congested, and as businesses pop businesses have popped up along there, things have started to expand and shift and evolve, and those traffic patterns need to change and those planners and engineers know those types of things, and so they start planning for those contingencies and so their design is to just bring it all back together to where it makes sense. And that's God's design is to bring everything back together to where it all makes sense and it works not just for you but for me and for people that we don't even know yet and don't or have or we encounter also at at stores and restaurants and at our jobs. Because God puts it all back together. That's the plan. And he does it through Jesus Christ. And we get to participate in that plan. See, the next time we are sitting in that metaphorical traffic abyss or hell or whatever you want to call it, we can consider that this is a temporary thing that we're going through right now. This is something that that too will pass. And it may take a really long time. I li- I've lived in cities where it's taken years and years for them to do, to, to do construction. And when we're going through a difficult time, that's, that's how that feels, is that we're just in this perpetual traffic cycle of just sitting. People are honking their horns. People are blocking the box. People are not yielding so somebody can get through. And we feel that, too. We feel like we're not ever going to get anywhere. And that we're not moving in the right direction. But we know that God does have a plan, and if we can kind of keep that in front of us, knowing that there's an eventual outcome that's going to be good and for our benefit, then that's where we want to try to live. Walter Brueggemann says this. He says, The origin and destiny of God's people is to be on the road of shalom, which is to live out of joyous memories and toward greater anticipations. We can remember when times were better. We can think back to God's faithfulness as we've moved through seasons of our life that have been difficult, when we've been in those traffic jams, and that we can always anticipate something greater. So how do we do that? What are we going to do in order to live into this plan and cooperate with God's greater plan? One thing I would suggest is that we live as if we want to be involved in revealing that plan. Sometimes we don't even consider it. You know? So when somebody says something as passe as, well, God's got a plan for you, instead of just blowing past that and saying, maybe we just kind of have to rethink about that, rethink that, and live as if we want to be a part of revealing that plan. And so maybe we don't say that to somebody that's going through cancer or has just lost a child, but maybe we say, maybe we just show them what God's plan is about by living our lives in such a way that reveals it. There's these all these words back there, the the, the scripture passage that I showed you a few minutes ago. All these words in here that are just beautiful about destiny and grace and forgiveness, um, lavish. He lavished his love on us. Just kind of these beautiful, rich words. We can take those words, incorporate them into our lives, and do those for other people. We can show grace to folks. We can be forgiving. We can lavish gifts on others. And not just the gift of, uh, not just monetary gifts, but the gift of encouragement. The gift of, hey, you really did this well, and I saw that. So, Helping people be seen. Those are the ways that we begin to reveal God's plan in the world. There's another word in here. He says, blame less. Do we have that list up there, Max? Can we put that list up there? There it goes. So, that word blame less. I'm making it two words. I don't know if you're supposed to do that or not, but I just did. So... He talks about being blameless in the sight of God. What if we, as part of our revealing of the plan, were was to blame people less? Oftentimes we blame ourselves or we blame others when things don't go well. I can blame the fact that I ha- it took me an extra 15 minutes to go get coffee that day on the traffic engineers, or I can blame myself for just, I could have gone to Dunkin' Donuts or we should, could have figured out how to make some or whatever. But if I decide to blame less, then I'm going to begin to reveal God's kingdom in my life. So I want to call Gabe and Autumn back up here who are leading us in worship this morning. I want us to think about where we, do, where we want to go and how do we, how do we want to get there not just as just individuals, but as a church. And I want us to reflect on this one one question for a minute, and then I'll kind of pray and close this out. And the question is, what might change if you decide to cooperate with the plan? What are the possibilities? i have Gabe play... You guys think about that for a little bit, and then I'll close us in prayer. Jesus, I pray that we would begin to step into that revealing of your plan. We know that you are at work, and I just pray that we would help to show others that work, not through our words and through platitudes, but through um, our grace and our love. that you would just shine through in our lives. It's in Jesus' name that I pray.